From the Atonement Fargo studio on South University Drive in Fargo, North Dakota, this is That Podcast? To contact the crew, submit your questions or comments, do it at atonement.live slash podcast. And now, here's those crazy people with That Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of That Podcast. My name is Ryan Janke, and as always, I'm joined by Pastor DJ Lura, and somewhere out there is Sarah DeYoung. Sarah, you there? Yep. All I'm right. at my house. <laughs> she's she's in the ether. She is in the ether. And, yes. and today we've got a very special guest all the way from Holly, Minnesota, is Pastor Andrea Paulson. Andrea? Hi, guys. How are you? Hey. I'm great. Good. I'm really great. Good. We're going to have some fun today. Uh, <laughs> first of all, uh, did, we've got, uh, we got mail. Did you know this, DJ? Like like old fashioned like snake like a letter oh, no, with ink and parchment and the so whole thing. It's well, it's definitely not old fashioned by any means. We've got uh, people can go on and submit their questions or their comments. Evidently, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of comments this week. Yeah, we've got. Is there a lot? The last I looked, there was uh, only there was only a there's, couple. There's two, but they're both they hit too close to home for me. So well, you know, it co- looks like a lot. <laughs> Comments are relative. I mean, when we go from zero to two, that's a that's True. you know a two hundred percent return. Well, exactly. So we've we've got one from Joe Fanboy, and I have an idea that I know who Joe Fanboy is. Uh, but Joe Fanboy writes, "Dear that podcast staff, Sewer Falls is the armpit of South Dakota, the proverbial peeps of the state. Sincerely, a fan of the show, Sarah." Um, I, I know who this is because they also sent it to me on Facebook. They he, And I, I'll say the same thing to him via messenger that I'll say in here is, whoever says that has clearly never been to Huron or Aberdeen. Well, and that's just enough. Well, uh, we also, so that was our first piece of mail. And the second one, Sarah. I'll, wait, wait, real quickly. In that mail, did that person compare Sioux Falls to Peeps or... Uh, that, that peeps are the lifeblood of... I, I didn't quite understand. My takeaway is that he cannot stand neither peeps nor Sioux Falls. Ah, I see. It was, was, sort of, was sort of the takeaway that I got out of that. Uh, and then the second piece of mail that came in was from uh, Gail, who writes, You know what they say, North Dakota topping South Dakota since 1889. Yay. And it's hard to disagree with that. It's, it's, it's truth. <laughs> there's, there's no changing the map. <laughs> Sarah? That, that is a fact. That, that's just a fact. So, it, well, there's nothing you, there is nothing you can do about it. No, it, it is history. I, I can't move South Dakota. It wouldn't make it South Dakota then. Right. Yeah. Here's my question for you, Ryan. What do you say to those people who just want to make it one Dakota? Or to the people in other parts of the nation who truly believe it's just Dakota. That it is yeah. just Dakota, yeah. You're from Dakota. Um, there's two of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've answered that question for people. <laughs> truly. <laughs> True story. <laughs> what was your answer? Um, there's two of them. And I'm from the north one. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. <laughs> well, so you just... Uh, you just... <laughs> 
you just came from Nebraska. And, I did, and, and, and that's and, what made me laugh last week is when you guys, well, at least it's not Nebraska. <laughs> did, did you want to try to defend Nebraska's honor at all? or Go Big Red. I mean, <laughs> I hear you groaning, except for, you know, um, I will defend Nebraska's honor in a few ways. One, um, truly wonderful people. We, we loved our congregation and the people in, in Hastings. Um, and so I would defend the honor. Beautiful um, sunsets. Nothing can quite compare to the smell of cows. Mm-hmm. Um, that smell you, of money. Uh, that's what they say. <laughs> um, and, and, and I will admit, though, that I did begin more than one sermon over the course of my time there telling them that go big red, but NDSU actually wins. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, back to the reality is really wonderful people. We did go to a Husker game mm-hmm. um, and it was something else. Man. It was an experience. It, it's mm-hmm. amazing. It's truly amazing. How so, is the tailgating atmosphere? Um, it was just, it's like nothing you've ever seen before. I mean, there's 90,000. These sell out every game, like literally. 90,000? 90,000. Wow. It, it, that's like. Yeah, I'm, that's, I'm surprised when you moved in that they didn't give you your season tickets and say, you know, now that you're in Nebraska, we re- all go to the game. It's required. So, um, well, <laughs> they did ask me one of my interview questions kind of as as uh, the the interview was wrapping up is one of the people on the call committee said, how do you feel about the color red? And I was like, what? Obviously I had not done enough research on that yet, <laughs> but I just kind of was like, um, it's fine, I guess. <laughs> but it was, I mean, yeah, good, good experience. We, we liked Nebraska. Yeah. And now you're in Minnesota and we're going to get to that, but keeping up with this theme, <laughs> a, a friend of mine on Facebook, I don't know where he got this. Uh, he, he shared it. I'm assuming. But it's got like a, a, the picture is like a a little kid uh, learning map where it's got all the, the state, you know, the United States and then the, the, the borders and everything. And it's got the section of Wisconsin and Michigan together. And what it says is the fact that Wisconsin hasn't taken over the upper peninsula from Michigan tells me everything I need to know about those cowards. (laughs) You know, Ryan, I actually have. I, I've seen the same thing, and I sent it to you. My friend Lacey, who I live with, is from Wisconsin. And her response to that was... Uh, oh, you're, you're... Just because we are peaceful doesn't mean that we are cowards. <laughs> well, we'll go with I that. I saw that on Twitter this week. This I was like, oh, that's, that's one word for it. This is just They might be preoccupied. It's fascinating that we're talking about this because literally as I was leaving my house to come here today, my eighth grader was like, mom, can you give me one good reason to know geography? (laughs) (laughs) He had to like, like write what, what is helpful about geography. And all of a sudden I'm like going, I actually, why? (laughs) Without knowing geography, Mm -hmm. you cannot make fun of your neighboring states. (laughs) (laughs) Just, you just look silly. No. Uh, So the context. Thank you, Alex, for asking that ridiculous question. <laughs> when I was um, when I was a uh, a youth pastor in the Twin Cities many many moons ago, I took a group of um, uh, youth from St. Paul uh, down to um, New Orleans, and another group came with us too that was from Iowa, and those 
Minnesota kids and those Iowa kids just constantly tore into the other side states. And it was all in good fun, but it was some mean stuff, man. (laughs) And one thing that always stood out to me is this statement. And I have some very good friends in this state, but I loved their explanation of Iowa. Um, Iowa stands for I ought to win around. (laughs) And that's always stuck with me. And I'm just like... Got is, nothing against Iowa, but that's funny. I isn't it funny the things we take away from our years in youth ministry? <laughs> exactly right. I, we t- went to New Orleans in 2011, and I still remember the ridiculous cheer that we did in the van for 12 hours one day with some of the young people from this church, and I still... Oh, it's seared into your psyche. You're going to be 102. It never goes and, away. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up dreaming, like right in shock, right? shell shock. Yeah. Why not? I just can't. <laughs> Why not? Because my back aches and my pants are too tight. And my booty shakes from the left to the right, from the left to the right, from the left to the. That's nine years ago. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the stuff of nightmares, right there. Yeah, it sounds that way. <laughs> right? Is that 2011? Yeah. Holy mackerel! Time goes by fast. She was, but thank you to those Nola people who I. Appreciate that so much. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, well, Andrea, thank you for for coming in. Yeah. And we want to uh, talk to you a little bit, uh, and DJ as well, um, just about like the call process and how that works, um, because you you did just come here from uh, from Hastings, Nebraska, to Holly, which is what about uh, thirty? Is it thirty miles from? From here, yeah, about thirty minutes. Yeah, half from, an hour away from where we are, and and uh, so I want to talk about that. But first, I want to get sort of your uh, your faith journey, like um, how you how you got here. Um, you know, what were your early influences? Um, what what drew you to the faith? That kind of thing. Absolutely, great question. So I was I was actually raised in a Lutheran church um, in West Fargo, the Lutheran Church of the Cross which is right by Gordman's. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that was, that's where I was raised and, and um, went through confirmation and was involved in, in ministry there. And, and then uh, Jeff and I, my husband Jeff and I got married young, 19 and 21. Um, and then through, um, through the first couple of years of our marriage, I, we, we, we had some struggles with miscarriages and, and significant just life stuff. And, and so, um, I, I took a three year, I would say, um, what, what, not a sabbatical. That's, that's a refilling. I took a three year, um, break from God and stuff. I, I like this term from Australia, a walkabout. A walkabout. A walkabout. A, 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 a Iowa. Yeah, right. Walk around. <laughs> you took an Iowa. I took an Iowa. No, but I, I really did. I, I think... Um, there were about three years there um, in my early 20s coming through college, going through some of the things that Jeff and I struggled with that I I asked and struggled mightily with God, um, really frustrated and angry and didn't understand um, why we were going through what we were going through. And, um, and so um, oddly enough, and I, I think I, I never know if I should be embarrassed by this or, or own it, but in 2003, um, I was a teacher. And I took a job in rural North Dakota. And so I moved to North Dakota. Jeff stayed in International Falls where he was working. 
um, we had to move around a lot our first couple, you know, because we Jeff got established in banking in International Falls, moved up there with him, got this job in Central North so Dakota. May I just pause just for a minute yeah. because I've always wondered about this. I've ne- I I think I've been there once, but it was in the summer. I have heard that International Falls is the coldest place on the planet. It's frozen right now. Is actually. that right? <laughs> well, it's called the ice box of the nation. Really? Yes. Consequently, um. The pizza in Fort Francis is amazing. Okay. <laughs> no, so they got that going for they them. They do. No, it was really, I mean, yeah, it is It is cold. Okay. Yeah, it's cold. I'm uh, sorry to interrupt. No, Go that's ahead. okay. That's okay. So so I moved to central North Dakota, and, and really because Jeff and I were living apart and really kind of trying to figure some things out, and I always, I, I say in my, in my testimony is God needed that time alone with me. I needed that time alone with God. And on November 21st of 2003, this is the embarrassing part, I was just laying in my bed in my little crappy apartment. Can I say that? I just did. Um, And I was watching the 700 Club. (laughs) And and, and, uh, forget all the rest of it, but the end of the show, Pat Robertson did this gospel presentation where he said, um, you know, Jesus loves you and you're never too far. You know, it was probably the typical, and I was like, well, that's you know, click off. And then the middle of the night, it just struck me that, holy mackerel, this is the gospel. Mm-hmm. Jesus loves me. And, and I, and I, and I don't really remember much more about that, but I remember the date and, um, and that there was a song several years ago, Starry Night by Chris August, giving my life to the only one that gave me hope when I had none. Um, and, and that is kind of where it started. So I was raised Lutheran, but I had this transformational, um, I guess, surrender. I mean, you know, things that we don't actually talk about very often. And then that began a trend, like just a trajectory, a, a, a step at a time um, to, to, to coming to terms with faith and really making sense of it. And then in 2008, Eight, um, I was actually um, hoping to get a teaching job in Holly, Minnesota, mm. and that door closed. And I had a friend of mine at the time from the church I was going to, Lutheran Church of the Cross, again, who said you should be in youth ministry. And I remember saying to Steve, "No, <laughs> no." He's like, "Well, it's just like education." I'm like, "Uh-uh, that's not happening." And then I was like, well, what else, what, what, what other options do I have? So I guess, I mean, so basically I'm like, eh, I guess, you know, throw your head. And well, um, so I applied here. Um, and the day that the pastor here at the time called me, I was actually on my way to Luther Seminary. I was just going to tour Luther. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. And, and so it was just like God was at work. So I got, I got the job. Um, so applied here, applied to other churches in Fargo-Moorhead, applied one um, in Bismarck. And basically, atonement called me back first. <laughs> but what was funny is that when I came and visited the church that first Sunday, um, like so in the interview process, was um, the the feeling that something was different here, that mm-hmm. there was something different, that they were teaching the Bible, that they were opening the Bible. Um, and I remember that the pastor that hired me, I, I said, I don't know. He said, what, are, what concerns do you have about working here? I said, well, I don't know my Bible very well. He said, but you have faith, right? I'm like, yeah. He said, we can teach you everything else you need to know. Mm-hmm. And and so um, so that was how I started. And I can tell you, like, I really feel like I should apologize to most of the kids I worked with the first three years here. Um, all the blasphemy I probably said or taught because I didn't know. Um, it was learning. And so there's part of the reason that I've 
had a, uh, I guess, a soft spot in my heart for some of those kids that were seventh, eighth, ninth grade when I started is because we grew up together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So I worked here. I was serving here. And then in 2011, um, started feeling the nudge to go to seminary. And when I was going to start SEM, I was not going to be a pastor. You're going to hear today that what I'm not going to do is usually what I end up doing because whose will is it, right? And so I um, started exploring seminaries because I wanted to um, increase in knowledge um, about the Bible. So I actually went to Bethel Seminary with a, a master's in Christian thought. It's a lot of a lot of emphasis on perspectives of evil and suffering. So why does mm. suffering happen? You know, that was kind of the, where does Christian thought intersect with culture? And so a lot of my classes were in apologetics and, sure. and suffering and uh, global Christianity. And then in 2013, we were in Arizona, Navajo Nation. And I remember distinctly being in the 15-packer with my husband, Jeff, who's a uh, chaperone on that trip, and just looking at him going, just shaking my head. And he's like, what? I'm like, um, I think I'm going to take Greek this fall. <laughs> and then that. What an interesting thing to say. In, you know, in Arizona, <laughs> you know, four days into a mission trip. It just, but it was, um, it was kind of, a, I guess, again, a, a, a transformation. Like, okay, there's a call. There's, there's something else going on here. And so I took Greek, which was terrible. And wonderful at the same time, but terrible. Um, <laughs> I forgot what a verb was in Greek. I didn't forget what the verb was. I forgot what a verb was in my Greek intensives the mo moment, uh, but I did keep my sanctification intact. And um, so, so started seminary and, and, and changed to an MDiv. And then Pastor Paul Cross uh, came on staff here in uh, 15 and just really begin that process of what am I, what am, what is the call? What's the next step? And and God opened a series of doors. You went to Chicago with us in 2015, uh, right? I did. And, um, and it was that spring that doors started opening, like that I wasn't looking for. So I got an email in June of 15 that said, you can get done with seminary a year earlier. Are you interested? I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And it just, that's kind of, um, obedience is our job outcome is God's job has mm -hmm. sort of been um, I heard that at passion in 2015 and I've clung to it I stole it I'll steal it liberally but it also has become just kind of clarion call is obedience is our job outcome is God's job and and that's where I find myself I was not going to move to Nebraska in fact my co-worker here uh, Brandon and I would sit in my office sometimes and just look at and pray about calls because he was in seminary and both of us were not going to go to Nebraska, <laughs> which is hilarious. All those no's. Just guess where Brandon is? <laughs> Nebraska. Um, guess where I was? Nebraska. And and it was um, just God thing after God thing after God thing. And yeah. then um, wrapping up my seminary studies in 2016, Jeff and I decided to take a vacation Um I did not check my email for the entire week, went up to get my iPod, checked my email, and the call committee from First St. Paul's had emailed. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm out of the country. And he said that in the call committee chair at the time, Dale Schultz, wonderful man, said when I re responded right away again, and he said, you're not going to believe, I just prayed that God would give you a nudge check here. It was just weird. And so went to Nebraska. Uh, same thing happened this year. Had a dear friend in Hastings um, last February that started saying, you're going to end up in Minnesota. And I was like, oh, Becky. 
<laughs> She's like, no, I've been I've been talking to God. You're going to be in you're going to be in Minnesota. Just wait. And then I got asked to uh, speak at LCMC, which was such an honor and completely not expected at all, and just um, just really cool and and just a treasured experience because of what the study did for my own heart and process. Um, and the, the day after I spoke at the gathering, tables of 10, uh, eight people sitting down, two spots open, six of them were from Hastings. Jeff and I walk in, sit down, and the other two people were from the Holly Call Committee. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, yeah, crazy. It, it I is. don't know if that answers the question, but it is long. I've got, I've, we could talk about this for days. <laughs> well, we got time. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, so... Um, obedience is our job. Outcome is God's job. And, and I, I think, um, and I've learned since 2003 to try to open, you just, you gotta be open and, and, and trust. And you can say where you're not going to go. Cause I wasn't going to move to Holly. In fact, uh, Randy Freund had told me about Holly probably in July. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm. mm-hmm. so what yeah. do I know? Yeah. And here I am. Yeah, back it, where we know where Lefsa is. Well, and for, and for people who do not know, uh, we we catch ourselves doing this all the time. Who is Randy Freund? Oh yeah, sorry. Randy Freund um, is a pastor who served as interim here at Atonement, mm-hmm. and now is a pastor at uh, uh, New Creation in Purim. He's the Augustana District Director or whatever his titles, yeah. um, but. A pastor within LCMC and and has really been a mentor. In fact, I have sticky notes in my office that are things Randy has told me, but I call it Dumbledore. Nice. So <laughs> he's just been a, a mentor because he came on here at for at Atonement when I was in the middle of the seminary process and kind of in that discernment process. So yeah. yeah. So uh, and, and a little bit more inside baseball talk for fo- those of you who don't know, um, Atonement is a Lutheran church, and we Lutherans like our alphabet soup. <laughs> we are part of a um, an association of congregations called Lutheran Congregations in Mission for Christ, and um, uh, uh, Pastor Randy Freund um, was the interim here, as as Andrea has said, and uh, Andrea has been called to probably our closest neighbor within LCMC. Yeah. I mean, just kind of a, a partner in crime in many ways around here, mm-hmm. uh, Holly Lutheran. We're very excited that. Um, she's back in this area and, and serving them. I was really excited to hear that they called you. I, I was I was astonished. I, 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 I'm sure you were excited too, but I, I was just like, yeah, that's that's that would that's going to be a good fit. So, well, yeah, and and I think in um, I, and I I love that you I we we do forget that we're we're using insider language, and I think for those that are not part of LCMC, it's important to dis- that's not LCMS because that's usually what you guys right. like LCMS. No, LCMC, and what I love that, about you would not be able to be a pastor in LCMS. No, I wouldn't. I believe that's another podcast. That's a different. That's conversation a fantastic, altogether. which would also be a really good conversation. Um, but what I love about LCMC is that we're free in Christ, accountable to one another and rooted in the confessions. And, and, um, but the other thing about not saying no is the other thing I wasn't going to do ever was be a lead pastor. And so that's why I say I was surprised they called me because I did not feel called to be a lead pastor, like truly did not. Um, so I spend most of my life in ministry completely freaked out at what God is going to ask me to do. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know, I haven't really seen it make the rounds lately, but there was this meme online for a while that was like, 
Um, I worked really hard on this sermon and no one responded. And I barely worked at all in this other sermon. Oh. And I got all these great comments. <laughs> Clearly, I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, So accurate. <laughs> that's, that's the story of ministry. It really is. It, I, I like how you speak about obedience because, I mean, we were talking about this before, that worship really is obedience. It's being obedient to the will of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and following where he's taking you, and the response is prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. And, you know, when you think about daily life, I think it's so easy for us to get distracted and start staring at other things, whether it's things in this world or just staring at our own belly button, and we quit focusing on God, and then it's just like, uh, which end is up? Um, but even if we don't know what's going on, um, or what direction it is, that that faithfulness of, <laughs> I never expected this was going to happen, no. and yet here it is right before me, and God is guiding, God is leading, and God's taking me in this opportunity. It's, uh, it's an exciting life, this this being faithful to Jesus. And terrifying. Absolutely. Exciting <laughs> is also spelled terrifying. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be faith if you knew what was coming. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, yeah, I agree with that, and... Um, we talked about this earlier. Um, Andrew, you've got a tremendous heart for mission. Uh-huh. And it it was um, you inviting me on a mission trip that sort of sparked me to be where I am right now. Um, in 2015, we went to Chicago, and uh, it was just a, a Wednesday night. I don't know if it was even an offhand comment or it was just like, hey, you should go on a mission trip with us this summer. And Tab's like... I'm not going on a mission trip. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I might kind of like to go on a mission trip. And then um, she's like, well, if you want to go, you should go. And so I went and I was like, how can I do this all the time? <laughs> yeah. I love You're it. hooked. Yeah. Oh, I was hooked. You got the bug. I was hooked right away. And yeah. It, and it's the mission, but it's also, I mean, with, and, and that's the, the, honestly just straight up one of the challenges of stepping into the lead. And, and you said you were a youth director, youth pastor before is one of the challenges of stepping into lead is letting go of some of the youth part because it's the mission, but it's also working with the teenagers mm-hmm. and seeing the way that they see and understand and serve. I mean, uh, you, you spend, I, I'll, I'll joke about that, that cheer that's in my head, but there's something so transformational that happens when, when kids' eyes are open to the work of God and, um, and the work of the spirit in other places, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So I was so glad you came. I don't think it was an off head. I'm very thoughtful. Like I think very, very much about who I invite to do mission. Like, because, because, uh, every person on mission is meant to be there for a reason Yeah. because God is at work and wants to work in ways. I mean, two of the four, two of the four leaders we took to Jamaica with us the first time my former church are now in seminary, you know, and, and, and I was, I didn't know anybody when we started, I knew nothing. We decided we were going to do Jamaica, um, at my former, for St. Paul's like a month into being there. I literally knew no one. And I prayed about who would, who are the people that should go on this mission? And it's astounding who God presented. Mm-hmm. You're going to bring Deeker and Raleigh and Chad and Andrea Engel. That's who it is. It was, that's who it's going to be. And just to see what God has done. Um, yeah. So it wasn't offhand. Yeah. Well, it, don't let yourself off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't just a warm body. No, a no. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, 
it was great though because I was terrified. Like that was she, she, she it's wants also me spelled to, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> she does she know who I am? Like she wants me to come along and chaperone a bunch of kids. Like this is the worst idea ever. Is she is she sure? But it was fantastic. I loved every minute of it. And when I got back, I couldn't quit talking about it. And I'm like, now I got to go back to this job that I don't want to go back to because I want to go back to Chicago. Yeah. I want to do that all over again. So it was great. I think, I think your knee jerk reaction are, is, is is she sure? Does she know who I am? Isn't that the way that we understand God? Mm. Yeah. When, when God calls us, when we sense that overwhelming burden to serve God for the gospel, isn't that what we do to ourselves? Is is he sure? Me? Mm-hmm. Right. Does he know who I'm? Well, of course he knows yeah, who right, we right. are. But we have that we have that same self doubt, I think, or that um that concern that we're not enough and we forget that God, <laughs> God is God. God will use whoever he wants, however he wants, for his glory. And and but we do the same thing. So I love that you felt that. Yeah. It's a good reminder that. I totally did. Yeah. <laughs> and you just wanted to go back to Chicago. Remember that place, that g- outdoor garden that we worked at? I That was like my favorite mission. It was the, where, that was an outside vegetable garden in um, Ravenswood, I think. I can't remember exactly where it, but I, I remember the one you're talking about. I can't yeah. remember what neighborhood it was in, but there were so many great memories from that trip, mm-hmm. like Chicago PD pulling up on us and. Asking us if we know where we're at. I don't think I was with you when that happened. Oh, weren't you? Nope, but maybe we should leave that behind. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a different story altogether. What, now, what, what year was the Chicago trip? 2015. Yep. It was the it was the alternative option for because that was also the year we did an international mission trip. So we went to Jamaica in 2015 here with Atonement. And so the Chicago trip was the other option for senior high if they didn't feel called to go to Jamaica. To go international. Right. And sure. and we had several kids that went to Chicago who also went to Jamaica. So it yeah. was it was and it was a really great group. That yeah. Chicago group was fantastic. It, they were it, fun. It was. One of them, um, the year before I started here, we went to Rapid City, South Dakota. And one of the um, one of the students on that trip came along as a student as a leader on the Kansas or the I keep Mixing up Kansas City and Rapid City on Their the cities. on the Rapid City trip. Yeah, she came along on that, and I was I was like, "Wow, this is really cool." Mm-hmm. You know, um, just a few years ago, she was a student in Chicago, and now she's chaperoning this trip. It was neat, neat yeah. to see. Well, that's and that's what the other thing that makes your job, Ryan, so cool, and and the call of of the church period is to raise up those leaders. And it, it is so neat. Um, well, because um, two of our chaperones in Chicago had been youth that had come through. Mm-hmm. Abby and Becky had been youth that had gone on former missions, and then they came as chaperones. And and that's one of the really cool things about our call and to ministry, whether it's ordained or not, is we get to see these gifts that the kids are feeling and thinking the same. Me? Why would they pick me? We, we see these gifts, and they see these talents in these teenagers and these young people that – that that without somebody speaking over and into their lives that, that that God wants to use this gift, um, it's really cool to to see that when they step into that leadership and step into those roles. So yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it was neat. So um, for for both of you, uh, 
what were you able to bring from your time as a youth pastor into your into your call as a, as a an associate pastor or Andrea as a as a lead pastor? What why did you chaos. answer first? <laughs> Comfortability with organized chaos. <laughs> roll with it. Yeah. Don't you think just roll with it? It's like um it's like getting hit by uh, waves in the ocean. They're, they're <laughs> going to hit you. You can either try to stand against them and get knocked over, or you can just go with the flow. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big piece that I got out of um, youth ministry when I was doing it, because I was in seminary at the time. Um, but the other piece was really kind of the building blocks of how to network mm. uh, with parents as well as with kids kind of getting a feel of like what the next generation is, is good. There's that certain age group, right? Like from 13 to 17, where you really can see faith blossoming and you see them becoming young adults and you get to walk alongside that, Mm -hmm. which is, is really cool and really humbling at the same time. Cause it's like, Oh, am I going to screw this this (laughs) up? Right. And you know, <laughs> but it's it, like you said, it's obedience to God and the outcome. It's God's job, yeah. God, yeah. Our job is obedience. God's job is is the outcome. And um, that was, I think, for me, a really good starting point for is God calling me to public ministry? Because um, I started in youth ministry actually when I was going to college in in Fargo, and just as a volunteer and working alongside in confirmation and and on trips and things like that with the youth when I was 18, 19, 20, and then doing it as a job when I was um, going to seminary in the Twin Cities. And it really was affirming in many ways to be like, okay, um, this is probably the harder part of ministry in some ways is is doing youth ministry, and yet it's not overwhelming. It's actually rather rewarding mm-hmm. um, and gets you excited. So I, I, I would say for me – then going into a different role as as a pastor on staff or as uh, an associate or a lead pastor, uh, I, I think that when you cut your teeth in youth ministry, that, that same excitement and expectation is there in everything that you do mm-hmm. and and a love for, for the youth. And I think that from the stuff that we've been studying as a staff, um, you know, regardless of the demands and expectations that church places that churches place on their pastors, um, churches that are spreading out and sharing the gospel with all age groups are aiming at their youth. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're aiming just at your fifty uh, somethings, that's all who's who's going to hear it. If if you're aiming just at your seventy somethings, that's the only people who are going to hear it. But if you're aiming at sharing Jesus with the youth, everybody hears it. Um, it's just it's kind of just a reality of life that that our entire culture revolves around what you think. Like if you look at like broadcasting and and ad revenue and things like that, mm-hmm. who are they aiming for? Mm-hmm. The coveted, you know, twenty to forty, or you know, those who have money. But it's it's the interest is well, what are the kids into these days? Like. I'm a, I'm a, I, I guess I'm nowadays considered a Gen X, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Um, but I'm, I'm a dinosaur to my kids. Like I'll look at Facebook or I'll email. The Facebook. What's that stuff? Yeah. The Facebook. <laughs> why my would kids, I use that? 
or or email. I mean, I mean, both of my girl. I'm like, do you guys have email addresses? They're like, no. <laughs> They're like, yeah, somewhere. <laughs> we don't school. use them. Yeah, even then, we don't even use them for school. Why don't so. you just write a letter and put it in the mail? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, emails become the Gen Xers snail mail. Mm-hmm. Um, but but aiming at your youth, you will impact and uh, reverberate with everyone. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Long answer. My, I think my biggest takeaway from my years in youth ministry is just be authentic. Be, be, be who you are. Um, kids, kids, young people. I mean, I need to even notice this in my son. My eldest son is 15 now. Um, goodness gracious. He can cut through the, the noise to, to reality real quick. And I think that's the thing I learned over and over and over again in youth ministry is they have an excellent um, meter for authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as adults, we get cynical. We get used to charades and masks and, you know, falseness. I mean, and, and teenagers have that too with all the peer pressure and all the, you know, you need to fit in. So that's not to say that, but when you get a, a young person one-on-one, they can figure out real quick if you're the real deal or not, mm-hmm. real quick. Um, and the reality is, is I think some of what you were just speaking to, DJ, about how, um, you know, teach to your youth is we in a lot of ways have generations of immature Christians. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that we're studying right now um, is emotional, healthy spirituality. And, and when you really get down to it, there's a lot of 70 year olds who are 70 year olds that are like yeah. seven yeah. when it comes to emotional maturity. Yeah. And so I think that's the piece that um, just be authentic and be real, be who you are. Um, and be honest, I think. Uh, that's the other thing I learned in, in my time in youth ministry, both as a youth director here, but also as associate pastor focusing more on youth ministry at, at First St. Paul's, was um, just be honest and be forthcoming about where you're at, where you struggle. Uh, you know, I look back on my life and, in, in, um, and on my own struggles after high school, Gosh, if I would have had somebody that would have been real with me and said, you know, Christianity does not mean you get a golden ticket to a life of no suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christianity means that there will be struf- struggle and suffering, but you have a God that doesn't forsake you. You know, um, I, that would have made a world of difference, yeah. possibly or not, mm-hmm. you know, God and stuff. But um, I think that's the big takeaway. Be authentic. Be real. Um, and I, I also think um, the, the chaos just be confident, co- comfortable in the chaos because mm. all the ministry is chaotic. It doesn't matter what age they are. Um, but I think the last thing I would say is um, go big or go home for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Go big or go home. Um, it is worth it to go all in. Mm-hmm. And and you go all in with young people in a thousand ways. And, and I think gosh, we can go all in with our churches. Why are we so afraid of it? We're not afraid to go all in with our young people. We're not all, we're not afraid to take a wrong turn in the wrong part of Chicago. Oops, Mm. guess that happened. And then we deal with it. We're not afraid. You know, there's a certain level of fearlessness, even for leaders of youth. Why don't we bring that to the whole church? Yeah. Yeah. Be fearless for the gospel. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, that, that was that was good. I was just thinking of my next question, which is, um, so. Well, I, let me ask a question. Sarah, you're still there, right? Yes, I am. 
You're still playing uh, The Ground is Lava? Yes. And, and okay, good. Are you okay? You safe? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Yep, still alive. I, I wanted to ask about um, uh, the thing I asked about um, email. Do you use email? Because Every you're 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 not a you're not Gen X. You're millennial, right? Technically, if you ask Paul, he will say that it, technically I am a Z, but a I Z is, is millennial. Oh yeah, is that ninety five is the cutoff year? If you ask some people. So what is iGen? You're not part of iGen. I don't know what that is. Oh, it, it's a thing. I, I'm I'm a, I'm not a I'm a like a You're a millennial. No well no, I am one I'm that weird micro generation between X and millennial. I was born in seventy nine and so apparently we have a micro generation that so, straddles like we're not digital natives, but we're able to be digital yeah. So, so I'm weird. When I when I Back in the old days when I was going through college, my background was social psychology. Oh, sure, sure. And these terms were not the same that they are today. And so <laughs> you and I are actually in the same generation known as the baby buster generation. Oh. But they've now collapsed that with what they used to call Gen X and what they used to call Gen Y Okay. into Gen X. Oh. And so now there's a whole new category yeah. Of millennials and Gen Z and um, who knows what. And I, honestly, I think they come up with these terms in order to for um, really small sociologists or smart sociologists to get grants. That might be. <laughs> to re rename all the categories. Well, but yeah, I, I did hear though when I was back working in youth ministry full time, I, I went to a conference once, which was oh, great. And, and they said culture shift happens every three years. Mm -hmm. And so no wonder. <laughs> We, and it's been speeding up. Yeah. Uh, no wonder we don't know what generation we're part of. It shifts every three years. <laughs> well, and, and what I mean by that, like when, when I graduated back in the 20th century <laughs> Me from too. high school, we were told, um, I, I graduated in the Seattle area, and we actually, it, it was neat. We got to have someone from Microsoft's R&D exec come and speak to our, our senior class. And he shared with us at the time, and this may sound really old, but he's like, we have a CD that can play 30 years of music. Now, this is before, like, the iPod and the internet, you know, streaming and stuff. But he said, and at the speed that things are moving, we're able to project when we're going to make technological breakthroughs because we can now measure that we double everything we know every 10 years. This was back in the 20th century. Today I've heard that we double everything that we know every two years. Jeez, that hurts my head. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, back uh, just to get back, I know I'm going down a rabbit this hole is, here. This is how you know that we were all youth directors at one time because, woo, squirrel! Just abstract <laughs> random, that's right, squirrel. Um, Sarah, as I was asking, like, I mean, is email something that you use by choice or is it connected just with your work? Um, I feel like it's a mix, mostly because I feel like for my personal emails, that's also just like, it's all advertising stuff. Yeah. Like, it's my Bath and Body Works coupons and like... Oh, sure. Stuff like that. Like, it's, I feel like probably most millennials think when it's email, it's like, oh, that's what I use for work, or it's how I get bugged by companies. It's not like a personal, like, I remember getting my first email in like late middle school, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And I was like, I, nope, if I was going to talk to my friends, I'll text them. Why would I send them an email? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. So, so personalizing. Yeah, has become a text, and often um, with texting, it becomes a a an abbreviated like shorthand language. 
Mm-hmm. And I find that so fascinating because, you know, the old technology to actually communicate with someone is calling them on the phone and talking. Mm-hmm. But now we've, we've turned to writing short notes that we send instantaneously. Well, and I would say too, probably for like all of your kids, if you told them like, Oh, text your friends and be like, why would I do that? I, I can send them a DM on Instagram or I can Snapchat them. Like there's 50,000 other apps that like for older people, you're like, why would you do that? That's way harder than just sending them a text. Wow. You, you started to speak in tongues there. I didn't understand (laughs) half of that. (laughs) Well, and that's, that's every time, every time people start like my husband and our friend, uh, in, in Nebraska, they, they communicate by Snapchat all the time. And like, they're both over 40 and it's like, yeah. why are you not just texting? But I get it. It's, and, and that's the same, Sarah, I have the same thought. It's like, it is more complicated to open Snapchat and mm-hmm. send us. And all of a sudden I feel so old right now. I am officially out <laughs> of youth ministry. Oh gosh. Oh Lord Jesus. That's Come why on. you're a senior pastor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go crawl under a table. Um, but, but it's, but it is interesting. Like, yeah. and, and they, the text. And, and then the other thing that's fascinating is you text first to make sure it's okay if you call. And there's, there's mm-hmm. a former youth from here who needed a, a recommendation for, for something after graduating high school and called it was after I went to Hastings and like I literally picked up the phone and like was freaked out I'm yeah. like mm-hmm. what happened are uh, you okay like why are you calling me oh yeah I'm okay I just need you to write me a recommendation I'm like dude I thought you died I was sure that you or somebody in your family had died you totally dared me right you 22 year old punk you you just broke protocol <laughs> But it, but that's how it is, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's yeah. funny. We're totally off the train. The evolution anyway. of communication. Yeah. As we. It is crazy. Butterfly nets and mace. So, well, uh, Andrea, I appreciate you coming in. I'm so fun. This is fun. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're doing this. Yeah. This, this is fun, and, and uh, I'm, we're blessed that we're able to do it. And um, uh, From at least seven feet apart. Fr- yes. We're, <laughs> well, we're... This, we're respectfully social distancing we're social distancing. <laughs> but again also um just to say um so happy you're back in this area and uh so happy you're at holly and um gosh hope nothing but the best for what the holy the holy spirit's going to be running wild in there I, and, yeah. uh, very excited for you it's it's a time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's it's god is always doing more than we can see and um and I do believe, and I've said this since the beginning of this, that, and it's, there, there is a revival, you know, um, coming, mm-hmm. I think, um, this, we're totally off topic now, and I think we should wrap up, but I was in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium as we turned 90, uh, 2019 to 2020, and the song we sang as the year changed is, Swing wide of the heavens, let the craze go up as the walls come down. Uh. Um, and God is, I believe, I'm not like a crazy person really, but God is <laughs> seeking to get our attention. Yeah. And, and I was going to say no more so than anyone else. Right. <laughs> uh, God is seeking to get our attention. And, and, and how are we called to bring the praise up and, and help walls fall down in this crazy time? Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. So that's exciting.
Yeah, I got it. Awesome. C- could we ask um, our guest to, to pray for us and we'll call it good? Or did you have more? Oh, I just wanted to mention one thing. As of yesterday, if you search Atonement Fargo on Spotify, You'll find that podcast. Oh gosh! Yeah. <laughs> now I'm afraid. Yeah. Delete, delete, delete. We are, we are on the Spotify, and uh, and we're working on um, uh, Apple and Google Podcasts this is exciting. as well. Oh, good. So, yeah. I'm so glad you guys are doing this. Yeah, it's it is exciting. So, but yes, we are. Uh, uh, thanks everybody for listening, Andrea. Thank you for coming in, DJ. Thank you. Uh, Sarah will hear this later, but Sarah, thank you. And uh, yeah, would would you mind praying us Absolutely. Absolutely, I'll pray. Uh, Father in heaven, for Jesus' sake, we give you thanks and praise for this time to visit today to be reminded of um, how you've called us to serve you, Lord, to, to be reminded through our own stories and through those stories of others how you are at work in our lives, Lord. I thank you for... Um, the way you stir the spirit in us to seek you, to find you, God, the way that you are at work in our midst and uh, for this calling to make great the name of your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray for this ministry here at Atonement, Lord, that you would bless this ministry, Lord, that you would use this podcast to reach people with the good news of Jesus. I thank you for the obedience of this team here. And I pray, Lord, that that people would hear these podcasts, that they would hear this content, Lord, and and have questions arise that that draw them to you and your presence. Lord, continue to work in us for your name and your fame, Lord. Continue to stir up in us a desire to make the name of Jesus known in, in our communities, our churches, our communities, and our world, Lord. And, and remind us today, as all days, that it's for your kingdom and your power and your glory that we do these things. May it ever be about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.